This morning, um, the message is, ask and it shall be given. <laughs> ask and it shall be done. Now, uh, I know we've been talking about prayer for the last, oh, like four weeks or so. And uh, Tricia, you're responsible for this message. Yeah, it's all on you, lady. It's, yeah, just take full responsibility. What happened was, uh, Tricia, we've been talking about ask and it shall be given. There was a number of, whenever Solomon, the scripture we used a few weeks ago, Solomon was confronted by God and God says to Solomon, what is it that you want? Ask, okay? And Solomon in his wisdom, (laughs) asked for wisdom and that was his ask. And so we've been talking about asking and presenting our need before God. So anyhow, Tricia mentioned that to Rhonda that on her um, phone, her message that came through for the scripture, uh, mess- scripture message that came on her phone was about asking, right? So, per- pardon? The Bible app, yes. And so it came through and she texted Rhonda and said, oh, that's another confirmation. Well, I don't often do this. You see, I have, I have probably four or five Bibles, and those who come on Wednesday night have one that I've completely destroyed. <laughs> I just write all over it, and it's, you know, it's not one that I would bring out here in front of people. So, But I have a new Bible that I've had on my desk for probably six months, nine months, and I haven't, I've only used it, I think I've only ever used it once looking at the commentary. Well, on this week, when after, I think after Trisha sent that to Rhonda, I thought, oh, I'm glad it's going along with it. And I don't, you know, I opened up the Bible to look for the text that I had in my hand, and it opened up to John 15. <laughs> I mean, I had this Bible, you know, a couple thousand pages. It has lots of maps and lots of pictures. You know, I like those. And uh, that's, a good, that's a joke. But anyhow, uh, <laughs> so anyhow, you know, it's a couple thousand pages, and I just opened it up, and it came open to John 15, which is, if you do this, you can ask for anything you want. <laughs> there it was again. So whether that was a divine intervention and an opening to a page, I don't know, but if it's good, it's from God and Trisha. If it's bad, it's just Trisha. <laughs> it's all on her. Yeah. yeah, it's all on her today, yeah. A lot of pressure now. Yeah. So, you know, if I have a bad sermon, you know, I can blame it on anybody. <laughs> so, anyhow, that's my little humor. The scripture is John 15, verses 1 through 8. And we'll read them, and then I'm going to go through the text. Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that does not produce fruit. He also trims every branch that produces fruit to prepare it to produce even more. You have already been prepared to produce more fruit by the teachings I have given you. Stay joined to me and I will stay joined to you. No branch can produce fruit alone. It must be connected to the vine. It is the same with you. You cannot produce fruit alone. You must stay joined to me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you stay joined to me and I to you, you will produce plenty of fruit, but separate from me, you won't be able to do anything. If you don't stay joined to me, you will be like a branch that has been thrown out and has dried up. All the, dread, all the dead branches 
like that are gathered up and thrown into the fire and burned. Stay joined together with me and follow my teachings. If you do this, you can ask for anything you want, and it will be given to you. Show that, so that, so, show that you are my followers by producing much fruit. This will bring honor to my Father. Now, kind of goes along with the, the songs, I'm desperate for you. I'm, the, the desire of our hearts and our lives is to be connected with God, to be connected with Christ. And this, this, this uh, particular text is one of those, I think, extremely important ones that talks about this connection that we have with God. Jesus says that I am the real vine, or I am the true vine. Now, um, this analogy just doesn't appear here. We find that in Psalm 80, verse 8. I didn't give these to you, Terry, so there's just a couple of them. Psalm 80, verse 8 says, You brought a vine out of Egypt. You drove out the nation and planted it. So Israel then is referred to as a vine that was brought out of Egypt and planted in the promised land. And in Hosea, chapter 10, verse 1, Israel is a luxuriant vine that yielded its fruit. <laughs> so when Jesus is talking about being the vine and being the true vine, he is stating that, you know, he is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He is the vine, the one who connected with Abraham or Abram and called him out of Egypt that began the whole nation, the nation of promise. So the vine is a very important analogy for the people of Israel and, and also for us. In an agricultural society, especially those who are specialized in harvesting grapes, there were farmers, there were growers who specialized in growing starter vineyards, starter vines. And these, these could be purchased and individuals could buy them and start their own vineyards. While the vines that produce the greatest grapes or the most palatable grapes for wine, the growers could uh, demand top prize. Now, I always associate grapes with California. I don't know. Uh, I think they were probably the first growers in the, in the uh, United States. But in 1769, vines were brought from Mexico up to the area where Los Angeles is. And that was where the beginning of the grape um, vineyards for California began. And some of the vines, they, there's, there's showed a number of pictures, but there are some vines that were like from the 1880s or 1870s that are still growing in, in California. Well, Jesus is declaring that he is the only true vine. So we find that there are a lot of things for people to be connected to. There are a lot of things for people to try and graft their life to. But God is telling us, and Jesus is telling his disciples, and he's also telling us, that he is the true vine. That is, he is the vine that you're going to receive eternal life from. So we need to graft ourselves into that vine. Verse, verse 1 again. I am the real vine. My father is the vine dresser. Well, if you have looked at this uh, idea of a vine dresser, well, God the Father, who knows all things, is the one who is pruning <laughs> our life. And uh, I don't know about you, but I don't like to be pruned. 
<laughs> there are certain things that I, I think that perhaps I should keep, and God says, nope, that's got to go. And, uh, but the vine dresser is a person who prunes, trains, and cultivates. Uh, it, is a, it is a whole process. So this new shoot that has been purchased, that has numbers of roots on it and, and, and sprouts, but when they plant it, they cut off almost everything except what is the strongest, and that vine is what is planted. And the goal is for the vineyard to reach its highest potential and to produce the greatest grapes. And so when the shoot is growing, they actually cut it back. So whenever we think that everything is going good and life has every blessing and every possibility and every turn is successful and then it gets pruned, it's like, what on earth happened now? Well, when we give our life to Jesus we find that he prunes us in such a way that is for our best and which is for our, our greatest growth and development. So grafting new varieties into the existing rootstock, you see, whenever we're talking about grafting, Jesus is the true vine, and we are taking our life, Jesus, God is taking our life. When we confess our sins and Christ forgives us of our sins, we're taking our branch and we're actually, if you've ever grafted anything, you cut a little slit in the wood. You know all this. You're, he, this guy's an expert in it. Oh, yeah, I'm telling, I'm telling the professor over here how to do this. But anyhow, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> it's his fault, Tricia. Now, okay, we just switched it all over. Okay, all right. That's a, no, don't worry. It's all over here now. But anyhow, you take, the, you take the vine and you make a slit like a tea and you take the vine and you put it in there and you wrap it together. Whenever we confess our sins, God is the one who grafts us into the vine. Jesus is the true vine. And so we are grafted into the vine in which the life of the vine is now in the stem. Verse 2. He removes any of my branches that are not bearing fruit. So as my life is being grafted into the vine... There are certain branches in my life. There are certain parts of my life. Sometimes God says, okay, this is done enough, and it needs to be cut, pruned. So the skilled vine dresser knows which branches to cut. So God is pruning our lives, cutting back some of the areas that will not produce fruit, produce eternal fruit. Verse 2, again, verse, the second part. And he prunes every branch that does bear fruit to increase its yield. So we would think that only the uh, areas of my life that are not bearing fruit, that's what's going to get pruned. No. <laughs> the things in my life that are going very good, sometimes they need to be cut back because they can do better. It's just like um, the... Whenever you're talking about talents and abilities, you know, uh, I've used this illustration before that if you put a, a numerical symbol from 1 to 10 on all the things that you do, there are some things that are 2, 3, 4. You know, like singing for me. You know, it's like I said, it's a minus 4. <laughs> you know, it's just, there's just no hope for a voice like mine. So, but in speaking... I try to get to be an eight, seven, eight, somewhere in there. Well, it doesn't mean that I should focus on singing. It means I should focus on 
what my best talents are to take them up a notch. And you see, sometimes God is saying to us that he's not, the things that are, that are not part of your life, he already, pruned the, he already pruned those off. You don't have to worry about that. But the things that are growing in our life that will produce an eternal fruit, an eternal benefit for your life and for the life of those around you, he'll prune it back. Verse 3. Jesus is saying, you've already been pruned by my words. <laughs> the word of God, the scriptures that are given to us, these, these start the pruning process. This starts the pruning process about who we are, what we're doing, the way we think, the way we treat ourselves and treat others. We have this idea of forgiveness, you know? Forgive us as we have forgiven others. <laughs> um, the Sermon on the Mount, blessed are the poor in spirit, for there is, is the kingdom of God. So there are many teachings that are there to help us trim out the, the things in our life that do not, are not part of what God wants us to be, that are actually hindering us from doing what God wants us to do. Love your enemies. I don't know about that one. <laughs> Love your enemies, do good for them, pray for them. The idea is that we're not supposed to move them into the house, but that we are to love our enemies, meet their need. If somebody in the ancient world, um, the Romans had the right to just pick anybody up, <laughs> say, carry my shield and sword for a mile. Jesus said if he pulls you out and wants you to go one mile, go two. It's that you are showing and expecting that there's something different about you and how that you're going to respond to life. So we ask God for forgiveness of our sins. So Jesus, the true vine, his death upon the cross, his blood shed for the forgiveness of sin. You see, he paid the penalty so that we could be grafted into the vine. Verse 4. You must, grow, you must go on growing in me, and I will grow in you. Did you notice there's a two-way flow? That he's saying, you must grow in me, and I will grow in you. The flow starts from God to us. The Bible says, you have not chosen me, but I chose you. That's what Jesus says. And, and, and it goes from you back to God. I've always been kind of challenged with this idea of how that God is working in our life and, you know, how that this, how that this uh, flow is from God to me and then back. And I was thinking about this, and um, I thought about your heart and the blood system. The arteries carry the blood from the, you know, gets from the oxygen you receive from your lungs. It goes through every cell in your body. And then that blood that, that drops off the oxygen in, your in every cell of your body picks up the carbon, uh, carbon dioxide in your blood and transports it back to your lungs in which you exhale. So it's a continual flowing process. And I thought, well, what if, what if the Holy Spirit and the, the work that God is doing in our life, it starts with God, flows into our life, and flows back to God? 
What if it is the spiritual realities that are in Christ are flowing into our life, and then there's the challenge inside of us to let go of, to expel those things that are not part of what God wants for us. And so we're, and God doesn't force us into anything. It's almost like we have to willingly say, I'm going to give up stealing, <laughs> lying, bitterness, hatred. I'm going to let that go. And God removes it from our life and <laughs> takes it out of our life. So it becomes a flowing process. So whenever he's saying that I am the vine, so the life of the vine, the life that I have is the life that is in the vine, and Jesus says, I am the vine. And that he flows into our life by the Holy Spirit. And that when we accept Christ as the one who saves us from our sin, we have this flow of God into our life. And that it's not about who I am, but it's about who God is and how that God is going to work in and through me. And as we've said in the past, whenever we pray, often we pray and it's, you know, we think of it's about us. But in reality, it's about the need. And will the answer to this prayer bring honor to God or honor to me? So the challenge is for us to see that God who is inspiring us what if the inspiration that we have and the needs that we see in our life, the things that we are praying for, what if it's the Holy Spirit flowing into our life and making us aware of the need that is around us, the need that is in our own life, that we really didn't see it in that perspective, and that we put this need here, and when God answers that prayer, it will bless and honor God, but it will also have an effect on me, upon our lives. So... Everything that we are, everything that we ever hope to be, starts with the breath of God in us, the Holy Spirit. So we are pruned by the word. Every time we hear the scriptures and we meditate on them, read a devotional and think about it, what's going on is that we are finding that there's truths in God's word that help us to understand who God is. And of course, it would take a lifetime to figure that out. And we're going to answer that, that question next Sunday morning in Sunday school. In, in 35, 40 minutes, we will answer that question. So it's at 9 o'clock next Sunday. So show up and know what God, who God is. It's in a Sunday school lesson, so I just thought I'd tell you that. <laughs> so if we can imagine God removing all of the contaminants from our life to be like Christ, to have a perception of God working in our life. You must go on growing. That's what it states. We must go on growing in Christ. And Jesus says, I will go on growing in you. For just as the branch cannot bear fruit unless it shares the life of the vine, you cannot get this unless you share the life of the vine. Ask, and it shall be done. So we share the life of the vine, and so the life that is in the vine is, inspires us to pray. So you can produce nothing unless you go on growing in me. We can produce the things that will last for eternity are the things that we pray for that God inspires us to pray for. The obvious is without being supplied 
without being connected to Jesus, the life of the vine, everything that we have withers up and dies and doesn't make it through to eternity. And life is gone. Verse 5 says, I am the vine itself. How often we think of this, you know, in this context, Jesus is saying, and he's using, he always uses these different illustrations to take what we know to take us where, to, think, to understand something we don't know. So he is the bread of life, okay? He, he uses these things that we know to take us to a spiritual thing. You must be born again. How can I be born again? It's a spiritual birth. How am I spiritual birth? Forgive me of my sins. I'm born into Christ and my Life is grafted into the vine. It is a man who shares my life and whose life I share. Here again, life is in the vine, life is in me, flows through me and back. Verse 5, it is the man who shares my life. The man who shares my life, whose life I share. Wow, we're together in this. God tells us we can, he will never leave us nor forsake us. We're together in this. And that as we pray, as we stop for a moment and think, God, what would you have me do? That was Nehemiah that we studied just a week or so ago. That he, he pauses and it's like a momentary prayer. God, what should I answer? And boom, he goes off, he comes up with the answer. Well, John chapter 17, it says, Jesus is praying for all the believers. And he says, I am not praying for all, for only for these men, but for all those who will believe in me. That's us. Through their message and we'll have, and they, and they may all be one. Just as you, Father, live in me and I live in you, I am asking that they may live in us, that the world may believe that you did send me. The ultimate purpose of being grafted into the vine and asking God for whatever it is we have in our need in our hearts and minds is that it will help others believe that Jesus is the one who was sent from God and it becomes a tool in evangelism. It affirms our faith and it's not about me, it's about God. And so we're asking for God's miracle of God's blessing to come. And then it go on. It says, I'm the vine. We just read this. I'm the vine itself. You are the branches. It is the man who shares my life and whose life I share. For the plain fact is that apart from me, you can do nothing at all. Apart from God, nothing we do will last beyond this life. I mean, we can do lots of stuff and, you know, have a life full of events and things and, you know, he who dies with the most toys wins. <laughs> uh, you know, we'll have that type of attitude. But what he's saying here, you can do nothing that will last beyond, and beyond life. And so Jesus is calling for us to share in his life. Verse 6, the man who does not share my life, the person who doesn't share in the life of Christ is broken off and withers away. He becomes just like the dried sticks that men pick up for firewood. Then verse 7. But if you live your life in me, 
The whole sermon's here. You ready, Trish? Okay. <laughs> Sink or swim. But if you live your life in me, how are we going to live our life in him? By the Holy Spirit. And my words live in your heart. The scriptural text, the, the words that we read, live in us and we muse over them, we think about them. You can ask for whatever you like and it will be done. It will come true for you. So what if in my grafted into the vine that the life that is in the vine flows into me, the, the grafted on branch, and God himself is in my life flowing taking out the garbage, bringing in the new, and he is the one who makes us aware of what we need to pray for. That I live in him and he lives in me, and what does God want to do through me in this world? <clears throat> I don't have to go to Africa. I just need to allow God to work in my life where I am at. And so what is it that God wants done wants to accomplish in my life, and so it's not wrong to ask. And so God is asking us to ask. Just as I am in the vine, Jesus is giving us the understanding that there is a divine connection between you and God. There is a divine connection between you and God, and it is Jesus. We are grafted into the vine, and the life in God lives in us. And you know, the same life that raised Christ from the dead lives in us. And one day, should we die, that spirit will quicken our mortal bodies and we will go to heaven. So the life that is in the vine is also in us. And so it quickens us and allows us to pray and to think beyond, think outside the box that we can see things, understand things that are greater than ourselves, and that God, who is the one who knows all things, is pruning us and giving us his word and his wisdom. We are connected to Jesus. We're connected because we are grafted into the vine. The ask, ask and it shall be done. This is not a wish list. This is the ask that comes from the heart of God to your life. Wow. This is the ask that comes from the heart of God to our life. So what is it that we need that is greater than ourselves and that when it is answered, when this request is answered, it, it, it affirms who we are and affirms who God is and brings honor and glory to God the Father. So this is not about, the, you know, people would look at this and say, ask and it shall be done. That's the title of the sermon because that's a little hook. I hope somebody listens to it because they saw the sermon title. You know, a little hook, bring them in. But in reality, it's this relational experience that we have with God, his word, it's not, it's not some mystical thing that you have to go into a closet and, you know, go to a cave and stay there for 10 years and come out and have some revelation. It's about this very text that says to us that God is alive in me. 
the life that is in, in Christ is now in me. Verse 8. So as we come to all this together, this is how my Father will be glorified in your becoming fruitful and being my disciple. This answer, this what God is doing in our life is what glorifies the Father. It's not about glorifying us and who we are, what we will become, but it's about glorifying God the Father who what? Who shares his love and his, you know, blessing and his understanding and his gifts in our life. And, you know, it's what he requires for us that we would become fruitful. And did you know, it has to become, I have a nice, uh, botanically, (laughs) there it is, botanically, um, compatible. You can't mix apples and oranges. You can't mix grapes and strawberries. <laughs> you can't mix them. They have to be, so what we are grafted into Christ, we can't live like the devil and think we're grafted into the vine. But we live like Christ, and of course we fail, but you see that we give that up and Christ takes it out of our lives. He strains it out. So, we can't be self-centered. We're Christ-centered. And it doesn't mean we're perfect. It means we're, we're working at it. It means that God is there and we're praying and as the heart pumps blood, it doesn't mean we don't get cut every once in a while. It doesn't mean we don't get bruised. So as the heart pumps oxygen to each cell and taking away the carbon dioxide, so it is that the love of God and the presence of God brings peace and understanding to our lives. And it, and it brings contentment and brings a new level of understanding that God is with me that ask ask <laughs> ask and then I ask us what does your heart say to ask God for that will bring honor and glory to him and bless him through your life He wants us to ask. And who knows whether the thought that's in our mind has not been brought there by the Holy Spirit to let us know that God is working in our life to make a difference in us and that our shoot from the vine, our branch, will bear much fruit for God. Amen? Father, we thank you for hearing our prayers. Thank you, O Lord, for knowing what is needed in our lives. God, we want to be in touch with you. We want your life, your spirit to flow through us. We want your spirit to take away that dross, that part of our character, Lord, that needs changed. Let your love, O God, draw us closer to you. Let your forgiveness, O Lord, bring peace to our minds and hearts. Give us the strength that we need this day, and Lord, may we have courage to ask in faith, believing, not doubting, but Lord, allowing your spirit and your word to speak to us. We pray in the name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen. God bless you.